Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I'm your host James and today we are going over the episode Alligators and Handbags. Now before we begin, there are a few things I'd want to address. First of all, you might have noticed that this episode is a bit later than usual. Well, that's because, I don't know, stuff happened and I'm recording it now. Even though, like, I took all of my notes last night. I just, I was, like, too tired after note-taking. I just, I didn't want to record, so. I hope you understand. And I hope you understand that I have a job. And uh, sometimes that job requires me to go in on Saturdays. Next week being one of them. So... I can't release a Saturday morning in, like, the wee hours of, like, you know, midnight to, like, 3 a.m. But I will have an episode for you around that time. And I guess going forward, it'll just be around the weekend of, you know, whatever. Anyway, now with that sorted out, I think, let's get into the episode. So we begin with Blythe cleaning the littlest pet shop. She's dusting some things. When Roger walks in and asks, who's your favorite father? And Blythe jokingly answers, well, there's that one on TV with the extraordinarily large head who tells corny jokes. Roger is confused, but Blythe is like, nah, never mind. What's up? And then Roger says that she's going to be impressed with who he met today. Now, before we get into who he met, he says he had a flight from Switzerland. Okay, this this brings me to... A question in which, uh, like, how does Roger stay chipper despite having, you know, (laughs) numerous international flights? I feel that would just destroy, like, whatever sleeping habits you have. But, I mean, hey, I guess... Roger, like, is so, like, chipper that it doesn't phase him. I don't know. Because, like, maybe he could also be a mutant that has, like, super positive energy. And that will play into something much later. So, yeah, I guess we're going to table that for now. Table in the American sense. I I recently learned that, like, if you table something in British English, it means you bring it to the table, I guess, and not set it on the table for later. It's... English is fun. Anyway, so his flight from Switzerland was charted for a single pet passenger. 
Yo, wow. I have so many notes about this part that I'm going to spend minutes on, like, the first minute. So, the pet passenger is a hairless Egyptian sphinx cat, even though sphinx cats originated in either Toronto or Wadena, Wadena, Minnesota. Wadena... Dina, something. Anyway, so I don't know if they're Egyptian. They're more North American, but whatever. But of course, this Egyptian sphinx cat is named Cairo. Cairo's owner is a woman by the name of Mona Autumn, who, according to Blythe, is the fashion editor and chief of the fashion magazine Trey Blase. Which, like, Blase means, like, bleh, or bland. So, I guess it's ironic? I don't know... I mean, I guess fashion machines can be ironic. Fashion magazines, excuse me. But, I don't know. So anyway, Blythe is so ecstatic that she throws her duster up in the air. It falls behind Roger, and Roger goes on to explain that she was waiting for her cat, and when they delivered the cat, he talked to her. And being the most dad ever, of course he talked about his daughter, who loves fashion, and went to a prestigious fashion camp, and came up with a backpack that was a hit at the fashion camp. Blythe gets really worried, and Roger continues <laughs> to say that Mona Autumn has a feature on backpacks and handbags coming up. So he got her to agree to a meeting with Blythe this afternoon. <laughs> like, Blythe is stunned, but Roger says, I know, you're speechless. You can thank me later. <laughs> and then he leaves... And singing a little song to himself like, Father of the Year, or something like that. And, oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> if, if Roger isn't the most dad ever. Like, like, honestly. <laughs> so, Vinny comes up to her and says, You look greener than me. And, like, I like that. I like jokes like that. Like, even though they're not, like, entirely clever, it's still, you know, fun. And the rest of the pets come over asking Blythe what is wrong. Blythe explains that uh, Mona Autumn can make or break fashion career. And she explains it by saying that if she likes your designs, you get... You get celebrated in the fashion community 
To which Penny Ling responds, she sounds wonderful, but if she doesn't like your designs, she will chop you into pieces and leave you in the dust. To which Penny Ling says, she sounds awful. And Zoe reassures Blythe that Mona's reputation is nothing to worry about. She sleeps and eats like everyone else. And then we cut to Minka, who is sleeping upside down while eating a banana, and Zoe amends it to say, almost everyone else, but, you know, whatever. Okay, so, I was thinking again that this might be more proof that Blythe might be autistic, because, like, like, I do not like saying, hey, we're going to do something today today and it's like big thing although I, I imagine a lot of people might not like that but like more people would be like sure or whatever I mean I guess Blythe's doing it I don't know if I would do it I might but I would be throwing up probably I don't know she's she's freaking out in her own way though so maybe, and like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe. We're we're going to say that this might be a maybe. Like, this alone might not prove it, but like, with other things I've mentioned previously, it might just be enough to work it, you know? So later, we cut to a nervous-looking man with a damaged pet carrier walking into the littlest pet shop. Mrs. Twombly welcomes him and asks him if he's looking for someone to care for his pet. He hands off the carrier quickly and dashes out, which Mrs. Twombly takes as a yes. She then takes the carrier in and introduces everyone to the pet who... uh. The name tag on the carrier says his name is Wiggles McSunbask. So she sets it down and leaves to do store stuff, I guess. We're going to get into that a bit later. Anyway, so the pets approach the carrier and uh, it starts shaking. And the pets are very nervous, but Zoe reassures everyone he sleeps and eats like everyone else. But then Wiggles walks out, and he's an alligator. He then uh, trips them with his tail, and Pepper sarcastically says he eats and sleeps like everyone else. Huh, Zoe? So, um, later... Uh, Blythe is doing some sketching and is frustrated with all of her designs. Zoe says that they're all great, but Blythe describes what she thinks of them with onomatopoeia, like eh, or bleh, or uh, or whatever. You know? Uh, Pepper then says to show her the pet backpack, but Blythe objects to the idea, saying, I'm not going to show them something I made at fashion camp. But Zoe again says that her designs are great, except for the one Minka just pulled. But the point is that she doesn't know what Mona likes. Blythe says that she knows exactly what Mona likes. Long, but short. Poofy, but flat. Silky, but rough. 
simple. And Vinny sarcastically says, simple. You know, I just realized that there's a lot of sarcasm going around in this episode. Anyway. Uh, Blythe continues to stress that she only has one shot with Mona, and if she blows it, she can easily say goodbye to a career in fashion. But Roger steps in and asks how things are going. Blythe says that they're going great, sarcastically. There it is again. And Roger picks up on Blythe not being enthused this time. Roger invites her out for some fresh air, and Blythe says she might as well because she's not making any progress here. So the pets are agonizing over Blythe, but Wiggles is destroying the play area, and Russell says that they need to do something about that. Penny suggests being nice to him and welcoming him, hugging Russell and Vinny in the process. So, Penny goes up to Wiggles and tries to be nice and welcome him and stuff. But she sees a stuffed bear that has been torn to pieces and gets intimidated by that and... Penny runs back saying that uh, he doesn't understand nice. So Pepper goes up to him and tries comedy and begins to tell a joke, but Wiggles just roars at her and Pepper runs away. Vinny tries talking to him as a fellow reptile, but Wiggles just threatens to eat him. And he is so scared he loses his tail again. But it grows back. Sooner than it did last time, I might add, but... I guess... Like, the more you do it, the faster the process becomes. You know? So... Outside, Blythe and Roger are at a hot dog stand. Roger notices that Blythe is nervous. Roger says that he's read up on what Mona Autumn is supposed to be like. And Blythe asks how he knows about the fashion world. And he responds with the fact that his daughter's into fashion. So if I want to have a good conversation about what my daughter's interested, I should know, right? And during all of this, Roger is making a masterpiece of a hot dog. And uh, Roger gives the advice to picture her in a moose costume because no one is intimidating in a moose costume. Blythe likes the sound of that and says that she might go with it. And then Roger finishes his hot dog and then promptly takes a bite out of it, making a mess of everything. So... Back to the pet shop. The pets are huddling to figure out a way to deal with Wiggles. But then Wiggles pops up and says, There's room enough for all of us. And then the pets are relieved for a minute. But then Wiggles takes his claw and draws a circle around the small area where they were huddled. Wiggles then says that that is their space. And everything else is mine. He then threatens them by saying that if you cross the line, you'll get to meet 
his many friends pointing to his teeth. Understand? And if you're wondering why I'm talking like that, that's kind of how Wiggles talks. Kind of like a... Like an accent. Like a New York accent. Like a Brooklyn accent, I guess? I don't know. I don't think it's Brooklyn exactly, but I don't know. So... In Mona's office, Blythe is trying to talk herself up, but she hears Mona chewing someone else out, and that frightens her. Mona's assistant says that she will see Blythe now. Blythe continues to try talking herself up, but the frazzled assistant closes the door fast. So Cairo starts talking to Blythe, and Blythe answers back. Cairo finds this intriguing, and Blythe says, It's a thing. <laughs> and Blythe introduces herself and says that her dad flew you home this morning. Cairo comments on how the spot trip was supposed to relax her, but it didn't. So Blythe asks for advice, and Cairo says, Don't blink twice in a row, don't use the word gorgonzola, and whatever you do, don't stare at her ankles. So... I guess that helps. Blythe approaches Mona's desk and Mona turns around and screams. Blythe remembers Roger's advice in a thought bubble. And so, like, I guess to explain, uh, Roger appears in a thought bubble with the hot dog. And it pops when he bites his monster hot dog. Which I think is clever. So... She gives it a try, but she sees Mona going in the suit with a uh, flaming background. Mona indicates that she's on the phone using a headset and then tells the person, don't tell me things I don't want to hear or else I will put your career in the blender and push puree. That's not the exact quote, but like the blender and puree part is accurate. So, Mona welcomes Blythe, but she talks really fast. Uh, Blythe stumbles a bit, but then Mona asks her to sit. So, uh, Blythe tries to explain why she likes fashion and stuff. But Mona says that she has to fire a hack photographer in a few minutes, so she needs to speed things up. She looks at Blythe's portfolio, and Blythe explains that they were made today for the meeting. Mona says that they are uncreative and suggests that Blythe try a different career path. Mona then calls up the photographer and fires him, while Blythe walks away dejected, and Cairo feels really bad for her. So, meanwhile, Minka can't hold still because she's claustrophobic, and Zoe asks if everyone else is fine, and Pepper answers, aside from having to go to the bathroom because we've been standing here for hours, Zoe says, yeah, besides that. And Pepper says, peachy. <laughs> uh, oh, there's, there's a lot of <laughs> sarcasm going around. Anyway, Sunil almost faints onto Wiggles' side, but he gets caught. They say that they need a way to deal with Wiggles. And Zoe says that it would be marvelous. If we could show him that he couldn't push us around. So then um, 
it it feels weird to say that considering last episode, but they enter a fantasy in which they are guarding a tower and Wiggles wants to get in. When Wiggles confronts Russell about this, Russell says, you heard him, and they initiate a transformation sequence. So, uh, they go over their transformation sequence where they're all wearing Tron armor, basically Tron armor. It, it's the same color and everything. And Penny Ling's armor specifically sort of looks like a magical girl. It has those motifs more than, you know, like other motifs that are being had in general spread across everyone. And uh, they explain the different powers where Russell is super intelligence, Minka is super stretchy arms and legs, Vinny is super slipperiness, Pepper is a super variable stink blast, Snail is super quietness, Penny is super kindness, and Zoe is super fabulousness. And during this transformation sequence, you can hear a guitar in the background trying to sound as much like Power Rangers as it can be without them getting sued. Which, like, is sort of because, let's face it, Haim's Bon is a suing machine. Anyway... Uh... They intimidate Wiggles with their powers, and he runs off. So, back in reality... Th yeah, we're gonna get into that just a little bit later, but... It it is weird. I'm I'll talk about it later. So in reality, Minka can't take it anymore and explodes and lands outside the circle. Wiggles rushes in and uh Russell pulls Minka back in, but Wiggles still roars at them. So after all of that, Blythe walks in very depressed about what just happened. So much so that she doesn't notice the calamity. Nor her friends calling for help. She's just sunken and is in a very lonely place. She hops in the dumbwaiter and goes up. Wiggles circles around them. And he gets on a burger pillow. And starts just watching them. Blythe walks into, like, the living area of the apartment. And Roger asks how the meeting went. Blythe says Mona didn't like her designs and throws her portfolio in the trash. Roger guesses the meeting didn't go well. He asks if she tried the moose costume thing. And Blythe gives him a look. Roger says that he can't believe she didn't like the pet pack. Blythe admits that she didn't show the pet pack. Roger is shocked and asks why. Blythe says that 
she wanted to design something Mona would like. Roger asked if she likes them, and she says, eh. And Roger says that that is the problem. Roger says that she was so worried about what Mona thought that she didn't stay true to herself. Blythe says that Mona's temper lives up to expectations, but Roger then says to just go down swinging and try something that she likes, something that she put her heart and soul into. And Blythe realizes that that is her pet pack because she designed it just because she likes animals and she likes her job and she likes the animals whatever you know why she designed it you've been watching the show or at least listening to the podcast right okay you know in all honesty this might not be a bad first episode of the podcast so far I mean, aside from a few things, but, I mean, you can pick up mostly what I'm dropping down. So, Roger says that she should not give up the first time someone says no to her. And Blythe hugs Roger and says that he's the best, and she rushes out. And he says, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh Roger Roger never change. You are you are too pure. Maybe mutantly, but you are pure. So Blythe goes back down the dumb waiter with her pet pack and really excited. The pets call for help again, but she ignores them again because she's just too excited and she's ready to go down swinging. So Here's the thing. Technically, Blythe's job is to make sure that this doesn't happen. But, again, the nature of the job is more like quid pro quo than it is an actual job. So, is it Mrs. Twombly's fault that this is happening? Maybe. And before you say, oh, Mrs. Twombly can't handle an alligator, she most certainly can. She is a kung fu quilting master. And she has subdued an entire beehive before. An alligator should not be a problem. <laughs> so, like, Mrs. Tomley should be able to stop this, but I guess she's too busy being, you know, in charge of the store that, like, I guess she would need Blythe, but, I mean, Blythe is 13, and, you know, child labor laws are kind of weird. Well, they're not weird, but, like... I don't know how much you can work for real if you're 13. And, like... So, like, the nature of the job is more on, you know... Blythe 
makes friends with the animals and saves the pet shop. So, I mean, like, you get to stay at the pet shop, and the pet shop gets to stay, and yeah, it is essentially quid pro quo over, you know, actually getting a job, like I did, but that's neither here nor there at this point. So, so that's, that's confusing. So, back to the episode then. Wiggles is now asleep. And the pets discuss different solutions. But then Russell says that they can use this time to deal with Wiggles the way they imagine. So, they use what's lying around to imitate their imagined tower and, um suits and they build a wall around Wiggles. Wiggles wakes up to see the wall and Russell gives a speech on how he can't push them around anymore and we don't have to like each other but you can't bully us and stuff. And thinking he has the high ground He confidently asks Wiggles if he understands imitating Wiggles' accent, but Wiggles says he does, but then he knocks over the fortress by spinning very fast like he's the alligator version of Crash Bandicoot. And then Pepper commends Russell on the speech, but says Wiggles really hasn't taken to it. So then Russell calls on everyone to use the powers their armor gives you. And he tries to think up a plan, but he can't. Pepper tries a multi-scent blast, but because of the things on her tail, it all just goes to her friends and not into Wiggles' face. And Zoe says that he can't resist her charms. But then he does, and Zoe says, wow, he really is cold-blooded. Okay. Okay, we are here now. We are at the point where I can talk about this. So, two things. One, some of you have superpowers. Like, Russell, you don't need to think of something. Just punch him in the face. You are super strong. Just punch him in the gosh darned face. You you lifted up two middle school girls who are probably like 80-ish pounds each. I'm not sure what the average weight of a middle school girl is, but it it would be weird if I did. <laughs> but, like, just estimating 80 pounds each, that's 160 pounds, and you're, like, 10 pounds? As a hedgehog, you're lifting 16 times your own weight. <laughs> Come on, Russell. 
But that is super strength, and you can't tell me otherwise. Now, I can believe that, like, some people were so scared that they couldn't use their powers. Like, Sunil. I guess. I mean, Pepper's power doesn't really have much to do with confronting. It's more of a defensive power. And, uh... Yeah, I guess Vinny would also be scared enough to forget that he has super burps. But, like, Russell has no excuse. Russell has no excuse. He just wants to show off how smart he is. But, you know, you can solve the problem by punching, Russell. Yeah, I don't... Russell Russell might not be <laughs> a good person. <laughs> uh Okay. Okay, second last episode your imagination kind of took over everything. Like what like yeah. Uh, if, like, you're imagining that your powers actually work now, I don't they work? This wouldn't be a problem if a day at the museum didn't happen. And did it happen? Because, like, the thing that came out of it didn't come out of it. There's nothing from that last episode in any episode I can think of. I don't know if it comes back up. I don't remember, but like 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 a lot of like this would make sense if a day at the museum is not canon. But, like, if it is canon, then just use the superpowers you got from being immersed in the fantasy world that you couldn't get out of last... Like, uh, yeah, this is my biggest rant I'm going on, and it's about a previous episode. Like, that episode, like, really just kind of... uh, it's it's super weird. So, I guess it's better if we pretend like it doesn't exist. But, until I see actual proof in the back of my mind, I'm like, it exists. So, back at the episode, Wiggle says he likes the fort... So, make me a fort. Sunil tries to object, but then Wiggles roars at him. And, uh, he's all for it now and says, where would you like the moat? So, Blythe goes back to Mona's office to see her. Her assistant asks if she has an appointment. Blythe says she doesn't. And the assistant 
freaks out. She says Mona is booked, but Blythe decides to wait because, hey, one of her meetings could be late. Who knows? The assistant says that if she waits and gets in without an appointment, Mona will go nuclear. Blythe says that is a chance that she is willing to take. Mona's assistant pulls out a football helmet for American football, for those of you wondering, and decides to wait it out. So initially I thought it was a Packers helmet because it was like yellow and it looked sort of green. But I double checked and like the stripe is actually black so it's more of an inverted Steelers helmet. But I do like to think of it as an evolution of the stupid helmet from that 70s show. Either way, back to the episode... The pets are building the fort, and uh, Penny is using the dog dish for something, but Wiggles asks her to use it for something else, and kind of yells at her. Zoe becomes furious, and Pepper tries to calm her down, but Zoe says that she's had enough, and he won't stand it if he makes Penny Ling cry. The bowl breaks, and Wiggles blames Penny, who starts crying. This causes Zoe to snap and confront Wiggles. She starts yelling at him and calling him out on his uh, terrible behavior. That almost got dicey. Anyway, Russell says that we should be careful. And Sunil says maybe you should stop using the word we in this. Which I think is hilarious. Zoe says that she's sick of being pushed around by this alligator and says she'll take her own advice that she gave to Blythe that you eat and sleep like everyone else and what are you going to do about it, huh? Wiggle starts crying and Sunil says that was unexpected and I would like to point out that Zoe stood up for Penny. Not Vinny. Not Russell. Zoe. So you can talk the talk as much as you want, Russell. I don't know if Vinny is as realized as Russell, but I don't I guess Russell would be more distracted with Blythe, but I don't know. Yeah, this is this is another possible ship. So this ship wall just got a little more complicated. Uh, uh nor- normally I'd be like all for this like level of complication. But like but like with this show, I don't know if I'm quite okay with it. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe interspecies whatever is fine. But like... Okay, may- maybe not. I'm thinking in like Dungeons and Dragons terms when like uh, you can have like half orcs or half giants. And like, you know, that kind of interspecies is fine. But like... 
like this isn't supposed to be a Dungeons and Dragons type thing. This is supposed to be reality, and I don't know how much interspecies stuff is all right in what is sort of reality, even though the animals may or may not have the ability to trap themselves in fantasy, but, like, if we weren't talking about different animals and maybe a human in the mix, I'd be down and delighted to talking about this level of like shifting complexity because it is it is so interesting to me but alas it's this show that tries to be real but isn't and wants to be seen as serious but also goofy but also serious it's it's confusing. Okay. So, uh, Penny starts crying again, and Pepper asks why, and Penny says that she can't stand to see anyone cry. So Zoe says that they need to stop crying and calls on Wiggles to stop at the crocodile tears. Wiggles says that they're alligator tears. Which, I mean, it's a dumb joke, but, like, it's it's kind of expected. Like, like with Vinny's, you're greener than I am. It's, it's expected, it's still funny, it's not weird or complex. And, you know, that's, that's good. So, he goes on to explain that uh, no one has actually stood up to him before. Which, I mean, they kind of started, but uh, I guess Wiggles intimidated them before uh, it got really serious, I guess. So he says he hasn't been in a real fight and asks not to be hurt. Um, he said he thought he could get his way if he acted big and tough when Russell asks... You were so mean before. What's up? And uh, then he retreats to the circle that he was given. Sad and dejected. But the rest of the pets rally around Wiggles. And say, hey. If you're nice on the inside. There's no reason that you can't be nice on the outside. Yeah, maybe we can do stuff as friends. And Wiggles is like, oh, and I've never had friends before. And uh, Russell's like, well, maybe it's because you never tried. And Penny's like, do you want to try? And, like, Wiggles agrees. And, like, like, this scene is sappy, but I, I love sap. I love this level of sappiness. It is... It is delicious to me. And, oh, goodness, is this scene 
ever so sappy, but it's delicious, and I love it. It's so good. It's not. It's a. It's a breath of fresh air compared to last episode, <laughs> where everything was confusing and I didn't get any of it. So. Blythe is still waiting, and the assistant says that uh, she can make an appointment in three years, because that's when Mona's next opening is. But then Mona leaves her office and asks Shaking Helmet Girl to get her limo ready. And she sees Blythe again and asks what's up. She asks the assistant if Blythe has an appointment, and she says no, and when Mona finds that out uh, she says she'll sort her punishment out later but Mona leaves and Blythe follows and asks for a second chance at a good first impression but Mona says that she doesn't give second chances thrift stores give second chances Mona gets onto the elevator and Blythe imagines her in a moose costume again but this time it works because Blythe gains more confidence now and shouts, You're making a big mistake. I mean, mistake. And Mona is furious about her being called out. And as the elevator door closes, Blythe throws her pet pack onto the elevator. And Blythe thinks she just made a huge mistake and rushes down the stairs to meet Mona. When she begins to apologize, Mona says that Blythe is brilliant. <laughs> and she explains that Caro just jumped in to the pet pack. And Mona trusts no one more than Cairo. And Cairo just gives Blythe a wink. Like, you're you're really brave, and this this is really good, and you were really sad before, so so let me help you. I like you. <laughs> And Mona says that Blythe has potential and then admits that she's not half as mean as she seems. She just does that to weed out people who try sucking up to her. She asks Blythe to keep in touch and Blythe is so giddy she does a dance. So Blythe walks back into the pet shop exclaiming that she had a wonderful day. She sees the fortress that they're building and compliments it. Wiggles is shocked by Blythe, but Vinny says it's okay. This is our friend Blythe. And Wiggles asks if she wants to help. Blythe says, sure, let me just get changed. And after she's done changing, Roger comes into her room and asks how the rest of her day went. Because she seemed really down before. Blythe hugs Roger and says that the rest of her day was great thanks to him. And she explains that she went back to see Mona, which shocks Roger, and Blythe says that it went really well. And she learned that second chances aren't just for thrift stores. So thanks, Dad, for telling me not to back down. So Roger ends the episode by singing, Father of the Year! And... Honestly, there's no better way to end that episode. So, I guess overall, um, this is just a good episode. Like, yeah, like this, like, uh, what meme worry 
Like, there's not really a lot to talk about. Like, most of what I talked about for an extended period of time is stuff that pertains to previous episodes. But, I mean, this is just a fine episode on its own. You know? Like, like again, it's it's just a regular kids show episode. And I guess that's a sort of rarity for this show. I mean, like, the episodes are good. Most of them are good. But a lot of them are good in ways that they weren't intended. Which is kind of eh, but like, I don't know, this episode is just fine. So, I guess, yeah, I guess that does it for this episode of the Littlest Pet Cast. Be sure to leave your ratings and reviews on Shout Engine, on the Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store. And wherever else RSS feeds go when they go down swinging. And be sure to tune in next time for the episode Blythe's Big Idea. I will see you then.